This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red. A Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that. Let's get on with the show. Hello, Kreusar. Thank you for joining us for the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red. The Wrexham podcast brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. We've tried hair of the dog and we've tried paracetamol washed down with a litre of Aid, but it turns out the best cure for an FA Cup hangover is to grind out a gritty win over Bromley instead. On today's episode, we'll look back at the Cup Oaks of Coventry, the test of character to win on Tuesday night, and look ahead to the FA Trophy clash against Altrincham on Friday night. I'm Rich Fay, and I am delighted to be joined, as I was, in Coventry, by Nathan Salt. Cover, my mate. Have you recovered from that yet? Because we were there, James Kelly, who was on, Sam Turner, Andy Gilpin, a lot of us were there, losing our minds with about... 4,495 other people. It was, yeah, it was the stuff of dreams, wasn't it? It was, it was biblical. biblical. It was mental, wasn't it? Just like everything seemed to work we won. for so long. And then we, held we won. On. We, we, we won. I would I, I love to have I been mic'd up for that because the amount of times I must have said in the second half, we're not winning this. And I was just so anxious. I was just, I just couldn't relax. I couldn't enjoy it. And you turned to me and said you thought we might lose 5-4, which is just that inbuilt Wrexham. But it was, it was just such a good... Imagine being a neutral watching that game. Though. You know, and you just think of the games we saw on TV. I mean, the, you know, you obviously cover Man United and it wasn't the worst game in the world. But Nobody some of the wants others, to... I mean, but, you know, it was Chesterfield. Yeah, go on. Well, I'm going to say what I despise about sort of MSM, the mainstream media, is the way that they cash in on the underdog stories of the FA Cup and use that romance of the cup to try and build the hype around the competition. And then the second they get an opportunity to showcase a lower league team, they opt to play or to show a watered-down Premier League fixture instead. We had United Everton, Wolves Liverpool and City Chelsea, all of which sort of used second-string squads. It was a not really their priority, their, their main interest. And 
like you said, we've missed out on seeing Chesterfield free, West Brom free, missed out on That Wrexham was a great game. Beating no, Wrexham was Re- free. Wrexham, Wrexham edged it. And, and I mean, a, a friend of mine is a Stevenage fan who I work with, and he was in the away end at Villa Park, and you can imagine the we'll scenes. See. And he sent, yeah. he sent me a lovely message, actually, that just said, you know, sort of... Uh, People always get, you know, like we deserve this. We deserve moments like this. And I just was so chuffed that I could, um, you know, be with you and, and James and Andy and, and all these other loads of people we knew as well. And I, I don't know the lad who did, but he took a picture with us. And uh, I don't know, we don't want to get too big time, Rich, but it was just a great day out. You know, the concourse, everything about it. It was just what could be a regular thing in, in a couple of years time if we're, if we're in League One and you've done the double promotion. So Excite, really exciting times ahead, and, and what a moment that will be in in time that we go back on, and you know, will that now replace Brighton and Stoke as as the point of reference for the cup? For me, it does because we actually won this one, and it it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant, and like you said, it was so good seeing so many familiar faces that you know we both know from from over the years following Wrexham, and what a reward it was for for those who have seen us in non-league for so long, who have like you said almost let standards slip by saying that losing to Stoke away was a, a good away day. You know, it obviously was, but this was just the, the next level and it was just absolutely brilliant. And again, so nice to go into a game where it was a free hit. We had nothing to lose. And wow, we said que sera, sera. What will be, will be. Now it's got to be Sheffield United at home. We'll get to that maybe later in later in this discussion. But in terms of the actual performance, then Naif, blown away. Absolutely blown away. And I want to say... Tom O'Connor, Sam Dolby, I owe you both a massive apology. Both absolutely immense again. Oh, you know, just just to pinpoint, the main thing that I got out of the game was was moments that will stick with me, you know, as the game goes on. And I think the first one, if you look at that first goal, and and I said after on the spaces and I said to people, that was, I don't know if that was, that was potentially my favourite moment of the day because... The, the 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 limbs the celebration was wild the ball from Tom O'Connor to Resaw Johnson is absolutely breathtaking you know it is perfect completely in stride and then the ball in from Luke Young is equally as good and and Dolby what a header you know so it was it you can't say anything was a perfect goal but it was as close for me as as it could have been at that at that stage in the game and you know walking in there was a lot of people chatting about the team and. You know what, well, what was wanna, going on I with the team selection. Get back to that because mm. that that is an important narrative of the day. That when the team news dropped, I text my friend saying, "Well, at least at least it was a nice journey to commentary." So I <laughs> thought, "Well, we're going to just get br- br- brushed aside here." And again, I owe Parky an apology because I thought that team selection was a bit weak, and I thought, "What's the point? Like, don't we want to have a go here?" But he got mm. it all spot on. Spot on. Like. Incredible. And again, that sort of boils it down. We are fans. We try and reflect the mood and you go with the highs and the lows. But this is why you have football people at the top end of this club who are detached from from that sort of... I mean, you have to be a supporter, but maybe from the the rationale that we have, you know, and the harsh Rich, takes you can have. Yeah, but and, and it Rich also, it's also, not, it's also not just the personnel. He's incredibly good at managing cup games. You know what I mean, and I think like obviously his re- is it ten years now. This we're in twenty twenty three now. Ten years since he took Bradford to the League Cup final. You know that remains an incredible achievement. You know, it, was it a couple of years later they beat Chelsea? I don't know the exact. It was uh, Jose Mourinho's history is first ever go. 
home defeat as Chelsea manager across two there, spells there you go. So, was to and John Stead-inspired Bradford. But that, that, was, that, again, without getting too sidetracked, that wasn't a fluke. Was it 4-2 or something? That game? It, it wasn't a fluke. And what I'll say about Coventry is the final score maybe doesn't reflect the, the dominance I felt we had in the game. You know, we I felt said, like didn't we? we said at the time that if anything, we'd done ourselves a, a disservice by going two up because the complacency sort of comes in then and the narrative is that we've got to defend and, and they've got to attack. The the third goal on half time I just did not see coming. I thought we'd go in at two no. one and then we lose in the second half. But Well Jordan that... Davis ended up quoting our tweet because I said, you know, where have seven minutes come from? I was just eager for the lads to get in inside and, and, and get ahead and um Again, I've broken down that first goal. It was just such a blur. I mean, everyone was banging their shins against the seats and you picked me up for one of the goals, which was, you know, <laughs> um, kind of thrown up thrown up in the air. Um, the third goal, yeah, brilliant because, and again, we'll maybe get into specifically his performance, but you know, the, inter- the intervention from Luke Young in that third goal in terms of just keeping it alive, heading it, and and he's not the tallest in the world, you know. He's he's not not Ollie Palmer, but it, he got his head up there. He, the desire to win it, and all his family were in the crowd watching. And and then you've got the second ball. Is it Tunnicliffe who nods it back across? And then you've got O'Connor that does brilliantly with a ball that doesn't have that much pace on it, and he has to generate that power, flicking it across. And and yeah, Rich, that every celebration felt incredibly surreal. And by the end. You know, looking back on the video, it's currently our pinned tweet. It'll probably be changed by the morning when this is out. But, you know, I watched that back a couple of times and, you know, you celebrating with James and everybody just losing their minds at what is a really special moment. And I think I read something, uh, a friend of mine, Ian Herbert, the, the, over the weekend about, um, you know, the FA Cup and how it's such a key part of the football club and, and you know, not just Arsenal, but but West Ham and Nottingham Forest and Birmingham, and you know, go even further back. So this was one of them. This was a real special, special moment. And for younger fans that maybe didn't didn't get to properly appreciate, I know he drew at Brighton, but didn't get to properly appreciate that. And, and maybe you weren't alive for the Arsenal game. So yeah, one one for the history books. A real real special day, mate. It was absolutely brilliant. It was like an out of out of body experience, really. And it was also interesting. I thought Naif, that. Against a championship team uh, who respected us and gave us space to play, and you know maybe weren't rushing us as much as we get in non-league. It was a nice pitch. We got to to have a more methodical approach and and sort of take the uh, take the game the way we wanted it to. It, it was so telling that our players, who we've always harked on about being of League One, maybe championship quality, they really did live up to that billing. And particularly again for me, Tom O'Connor, who given all that space, that time, he was just, it was just mesmerising to watch him just run the midfield. He was absolutely brilliant. And it was really encouraging, again, in terms of our longevity going forward, just to think how far this side can go. And I'm not saying how far Wrexham can go, but this exact sort of 20-man squad or whatever, because there's so much quality there that looks future-proofed for for going forward. And it, it was brilliant. I think you've just got to give a shout-out to everyone who came into the team, because... Paul Johnson, even Max in there, I thought by the end he was up against Jokerez because Tavares got that horrible injury. And, and, and what a player he is, by the way, Jokerez. I mean, is unbelievable. One of, the, one of the best strikers I've seen live, um, certainly when I've been watching Wrexham, because he was just such a class above. He was absolutely brilliant. He even and yet Max me... and yet yet Max dealt with him pretty well, mate. I thought I was really really impressed. 
really good and particularly because he's not been playing that often as well this season so he deserves a huge shout out everyone does really I mean I can't fault players I mean McFadzian was poor for two of the goals he lost possession Mark Howard was a bit iffy at times but I almost am not even in the in the in the conversation of wanting to point people no. out as, as playing bad no. because they were all heroic and they all deserve but, huge credit for what they did. And Rich, like, one, yeah, like McFadden was good going forward. He was just yeah. a bit weaker going back. I think, back. I th- I think everyone made big saves, yeah. but he was also every, every, everyone. Everyone, it's a win in the FA Cup, and you know, in the end, that's all that matters in cup competitions. You just got to win. And you know, I got so many messages about the Elliot Lee goal. So honestly, so many about not from Wrexham fans, but you know, from from rival fans or non Coventry fans as well, saying it was a cross. It you know, I tweeted something like, you know, this is incredible from Elliot Lee, and and I've watched that replay, and people may beg to differ, but I honestly believe that he he meant. I, I when I've watched it, he looks up. I I don't believe a player that talented. It uh, <laughs> doesn't hit the mark with a cross. Maybe, maybe you disagree, and a lot of people will, and I get that. Well, did you listen I, I think... to his interview after the game? No, what did he say in that? He said, did he say it was a cross? He said it was a cross, but oh. here's, here's what he said. He said it, he said it, was, it was a cross aimed aim towards the back post, but he said oh. Steve Parkin has made it his mission, really, um, to coach players to cut inside on their stronger foot and whip a ball towards the back post for exactly that reason, so that if no one touches it, you might get a corner or you might catch the keeper off guard. So Lee has meant to put it in swing right. on the back post. Thumb he just volley. didn't mean for it to maybe go through past everyone. But well, there you, you know, go. Then I've got to take not, it all back. Not, I thought it was yeah. a shot, but there you go. It, well, it's it, not either shot, way, it's, it's either it's, way you make mate. your own luck. By... Either way, either way, what a moment that was as well. You know, I was. I think just the first one sticks with me because I was so chuffed for Dolby. You know, and yeah. I, we we spoke about. Was it the Torquay game when he when he got off the mark and the FA Cup one where again he like they really the celebration means so much to him because he's he's giving so much training and 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 not playing perhaps you know the level of minutes that he would be getting elsewhere in a situation which wasn't going for promotion you know he's in a situation where he's learning off Paul Mullen every day and Ollie Palmer's a fabulous player and and you know is is going through difficult situation at the minute with his with his dog and, and things like that and you know you've got to remember that these footballers really really care and I think you saw the passion in Dolby celebration that's why I was chuffed for him I was obviously chuffed for us and it just kick-started us really and and I think that first half I think Mark Robin said it was the most embarrassed he'd been by by his team and well I don't think they were great I think we were just better I don't think they were necessarily really poor if that makes sense I think we were just really really good um, and, and both exactly, can be true. Yeah. Well, it is always the cliche, isn't it, that when there's an upset, you always blame the bigger side for being off their game and lacking respect or whatever. But an upset doesn't happen if they have an off day and Wrexham don't turn up. It was an incredible performance from us, incredible turnout from the fans. It was so loud. It was it was amazing. Like I said, it was biblical. It was meteoric being in that, that away. And on individuality, like you said, Ollie Palmer, I think, you know, this week he's had a difficult week on the pitch, but the news, obviously, um, with his with his dog, and if you've seen on social media that, you know, it's, it is a sensitive issue. But again, it reminds you that these are just human beings. They are just like any one of us. It just so happens that the thing they're really good at 
gives them publicity and gives them maybe more money than, than most of us. But that doesn't mean they're not human and don't have the same emotions and are as vulnerable as, as the rest of us. So, yeah, just a, a big sort of shout out to Ollie Palmer that, you know, he's given so much to the club. And, you know, if he needed time off or whatever, then I would totally stand behind him to do that. And on, and on Dolby, again, it sort of comes full circle that, you know, you've got to remember that, yes, he might be a footballer, but he's also a young man who's had to move from South End to Wrexham coming to a side that's already got an established strike partnership, whenever he comes on the pitch, it usually means that something's going wrong because we need a goal, or it means that the game's already won because we don't like to take Palmer and Mullen off. So Dolby's had a really difficult integration period because he's never really been able to come into games where it's been, you know, sort of the right platform for him to impress. The game's either in desperate need of goal, which is really unfair on him and a lot of pressure, or the game's already won and we've taken our foot off the gas, really. So for him to come in as well, start a game of that magnitude against a top defence, and then to deliver as he did was incredible. It's and a great header as well. It's such a good it's such a it's such, such a good, good move. Such, yeah, the positioning, like the, the, the awareness to get into that area. Hit, and that shows the, that he's not lost his confidence and the striker's no, instinct. Because no. if he loses confidence, he's lurking on the edge of the box or he's drifting wide. He's not even there to win the header. So yeah, brilliant, brilliant goal. Rich, uh, to move it on slightly, the midfield is, is something I wanted to talk about. And, you know, I went to York, I don't know how many weeks ago that was now. And, and really since then, you know, there was Eastley that when they launched a streaming service, Tom O'Connor anchoring that midfield and, and allowing Young to go on the right and Lee on the left, I, I think has taken this team to, to another level. It was already at a really good level and, you know, was already in the title chase. But now that midfield three that, that you're getting the best out of all of them and they all look like man of the match contenders every single night. Exactly. And the conversation's moved on from saying we need a bruising defensive midfielder. I know some fans will still say we need need that, but I think you've got enough in midfield with Luke Young's tenacity. Tom O'Connor has impressed me off the ball, but he's so much better on the ball. He's such a calming presence. He just makes everyone else better. He doesn't rush. He can take an extra touch, plays so neatly out of danger. He's he's an absolute joy to watch. And like you said, it's it's no coincidence that he has, you know, since he's come into form, so of Wrexham, he's he's been brilliant. And I really do think going forward, he's going to be the beating heart of, of our side. He makes everything happen. And it, you look at all the top sides now, whichever football team you support, maybe in the Premier League, you might only support Wrexham. But if you watch, like for me, I watch United, it's Casemiro. You watch City, it's Rodri. Uh, Liverpool have lacked that sort of midfield presence this season. Their their performances have dipped. You know, that midfielder who sits there is so important to all the good teams. And we finally got that. And it's made such, such a difference. And I think there's a real nice balance now to that midfield. And again, that's it. I want to give a shout out as well. Like Luke Young is brilliant every week. You like that, that's not even a headline. That's almost not worth put, bringing up because he's just brilliant every week. He's so consistent. So, that's so why good. he's our favorite player. Tom O'Connor, excellent. But Elliot Lee has made like no offense. This is the nicest possible way. We've not missed Jordan Davis at all, and that's because of Elliot Lee, who has just taken his game to another level again. He he was exceptional. He was dragging the play. He was. Pla- pa- making beautiful passes and again Lee just like Tom, o- Tom O'Connor 
is someone who is used to playing at a high level with more time on the ball on these better pitches and it showed he was excellent and again in terms of future proofing if we go if we were to get promoted at the end of the season you maybe would want a new midfielder but you've already got your defensive midfielder you've already got a brilliant asset in Eric Lee Luke Young's excellent you know there is so much quality there and so much quality that we've got for so long and yet, and yet, the match winner on Tuesday night was James Jones, who who was brilliant when he came on. That's another midfielder. Jordan Davis has proven he he can be one of the best talents at this level. And congratulations to him and Kelsey um, on the pregnancy. I know everyone's really, really. Ch- I was, you know, overcome with joy at that. Really, really uh, special news, and all the best with everything on that front. Um, a promotion baby, uh, perhaps. Fingers crossed. And, um, you know, so you've got Jordan there. You've got Andy Cannon, who, you know, you will hope to see on, on Friday. Um, Rich, the, the midfield has gone from last season. It was a kind of an area where people really wanted to see strengthening. And actually now, I think, is incredibly strong and incredibly deep. And, you know, I, I'm moving it on a bit slightly from Coventry. And maybe there's more things we need to talk about from that. But, you know, to see James Jones come on, have the impact he did, change the game in a way. I think shows you that Parky's nailed it in terms of his man management, that no one feels left out, you know, in terms of Max, like, for example, Aaron Hayden uh, misses the Coventry game. You immediately panic because he's one of your best players and yet Max ready to come in. And I have no doubt that, you know, had it been Harry Lennon or I don't know, everyone's just buying in basically to to the the group and and you know James Jones said it himself after the Bromley game that it's just such a great group to be in and and also that no one's getting carried away you know bags of experience in there and a lot of these lads that are in there now I firmly believe can come on the journey as cliche as I'm like a manager but they can come on the ride with you up, up the leagues and you know this team was you know, we said before, didn't we? We, we maybe Lee Fowler said on the last podcast he didn't think it was a massive David V Goliath. He thought it was Championship League One, and I thought we proved we could more than, you know, we could more than, uh, you know, lay a glove on on a team when when we get time on the ball and and um, yeah. So so my main point is that the midfield. I think now I've I've probably never had more confidence in a midfield under Parky than I do right now. I I really like a lot of the components i like the balance of it i like the pace of which it plays and i love the options off the bench so um yeah happy i don't know happy yeah i just just can't stop smiling i've just had such a good week and if anyone follows me on social media i also rob stead who i bloody love the photographer what a bloke one of the photographers at wrexham he is amazing he does sort of photojournalism shots that not sort of the match action they sort of tell a story in their own rights that the ones the really emotive ones the the day later and he got a picture of me with doing the joey jones fist bump and oh my god I, I'm, I'm disappointed so i'm disappointed I, 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 brilliant ju- day. I, I just i must have just left because i had to obviously the long journey back so i assume i just scooted past you and then You've got something that we should probably be hanging in the Louvre. And it's a great picture, and Rob is great, and I think is a massive asset to 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 cover in Wrexham. Um, and I'm, well, I wonder all, the, I'm all get club to... photographers are, aren't they? They are, they are, they are. They're they're are. Such but a priceless asset. I'm gonna so... I'm gonna get to the I'm gonna get to the bottom of whatever um, whatever filter Rob uses. One day I'll, I'll get it out of him, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I watched the AAA back of Wrexham, and just I think because we were in it, Rich, it was quite hard to get a sense of what the away end looked like and well, how yeah. and loud it was. And then half, I watched... 
was yeah. an out of body experience that I didn't really enjoy. I was just hoping for the game <laughs> to end. So I didn't appreciate the last half an hour of the game at all. I couldn't tell you any of the chants we sung. I couldn't have really told you what was happening on the pitch. I was just shaking, really, just hoping for this this fever dream to end. And it was intolerable. But oh, we that got chance there. at the end when Casey Palmer uh, just puts it over the bar. That was when I was thinking... When the corner comes in and Mark oh. Howard sort of flaps it in, it bounces in the six-yard box, and I was just... Uh, but you know again, what? Sorry, it's, Mark, it... I probably called you every name under the, the sun, <laughs> but... We did you know it. what though, mate? It we, we, we did, did it. it. That's the thing. We did it, and at the end, it was yeah emotional because for you know I looked around and it it, it means so much and I, you know everybody there was so proud of the football club and proud of the the, the town people call it city proud of the town and, and proud of the football club and you know in 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 years gone by when we've gone to Brighton we've always had that you know we've always had that pride at Brighton and at Stoke and but this was a win a good win one of the ties of the round it was top of match of the day it was you know it was making danny murphy say that you know chester danny murphy that it was a good performance and everything worked i was so impressed that the long throw was incredibly effective probably the, there isn't a game in my opinion that it was more effective in this season i thought toza was absolutely sublime i thought everyone just played a really big part and um and it will go down as you know one of the one of the great wins and you saw that you saw it in the in the celebrations at the end and your your Joey fist bump. So yeah, Coventry, um amazing and Sheffield United in the next round. I get a lot of people wanted a Premier League tie, as did I, but it's it's winnable. I honestly do believe at the race course, why would you not believe it? What are we now? Eighteen games unbeaten? You've got to believe, Rich, that it that they will make a couple of changes and, and we can go for it. Absolutely we've got a chance. We've really got a chance and We've already sort of exceeded expectations in the cup. Anything from now on it really does feel like it, it would be a bonus. And I just, yeah, bring it on, bring it on. They are f- flying high in the championship. They look really good. A couple of Welsh internationals as well in, in the squad. Um, Reese Norrington Davis, one of them, would be good, I think, for the, the North Wales fans if we could see, you know, a few of, few of them at the race course preparing for when the cup is finished, that we get to see Welsh internationals playing there. Uh, it's going to be difficult though. I mean, I saw after the tie w- was made that Paul Heckingbottom, the Sheffield United manager, said that you know they don't really need a cup run maybe this season. Obviously, their their main focus is on getting to the Premier League, but he he says that you know they they're not going to just keel over for Exum and, and give him a chance. They really want to win that tie. And they said you know when they went to play Millwall this weekend, their hotel was right next to Wembley. And that has given them incentive to try and Ooh, play there this season. He story. said, "He said, win a couple more games in the cup, and you might be eyeing the arches that were lit up that we could see from our hotel. We'll get the benefit out of the FA Cup for as long as we are in it, in terms of the players we will use, how we work the system, and the challenges we come up against. It's a break from the league, and the next one is the end of January. January, so we'll use that as a break from the league as well. So you know they are going to give it a, a proper go. So I think it is going to be much." Maybe not much tougher, but tougher than Coventry, to, certainly. And like you said, it's also going to be tougher for them because this is Wrexham at home, the Kairos, where we've got a flawless home record. Bring it on. And you you must be excited, Rich. Tech end, it's going to be bouncing, isn't it? And I know they'll be they'll they'll fill whatever allocation they get. And you know what? We saw Boreham Wood do it, didn't we? And they ended up they ended up making the last sixteen, and they lost to Everton. Just think about that. If you get through. You're in the last 16 of the FA Cup. Is that right? I'm pretty sure I've got that right. 
Yeah. It's... I'm pretty sure. So there you go. 16 teams left. The best 16 teams in the tournament. And this is a tournament that, for international listeners, it, it starts way, way, way down, way, way below Wrexham's level. You know, Wrexham come into it at the fourth qualifying round, but... You know, teams that you know steps well, eight the, and nine or whatever. So the, the, the four qualifying ground, we're the biggest team in it, and we are the team people want to see lose if they want an underdog story. And then quickly, we become the underdog story, and it snowballs. And yeah, it's brilliant. I I love the FA Cup so much. My favorite, my favorite competition. Um, give me the FA Cup over the Champions League any day of the week. I absolutely love it. And yeah, one day. I mean, I was thinking this the other week anyway. That. Portsmouth have won it in recent memory. Wigan have won it in recent memory. If Wrexham did get to the Championship or even the Premier League, it is not out of the question that one day in our lifetimes we might see Wrexham win the FA Cup, becoming oh, the second Welsh team to ever you get, do so. You're getting me excited, mate. You're getting me excited. But even when even when Swansea won the League Cup, you know that is what I just dream of. Really, at the end, of, fans will be saying, "Oh, it's the Premier League, we want Champions League nights, or whatever." Back at the race course, yeah, that would all be brilliant. But imagine watching Wrexham win. A trophy again at Wembley. It's not the FA Trophy. It would be absolutely brilliant. So, Nath, Coventry done and dusted, but arguably the best win of the week came on Tuesday night. We mentioned the FA Cup hangover at home to Bromley on TV. It had all the makings of a banana skin, particularly after the manner of our, our match at Coventry, a late kickoff that had 14 minutes of added on time, was mentally, emotionally gruelling, physically gruelling. But somehow, Wrexham came from a goal behind to win 2-1. Paul Mullen with an emphatic penalty. James Jones, as you mentioned earlier, with a deflected goal. That felt like a proper massive win. Not a beautiful performance, but a beautiful result. It, it 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 feels and is hugely significant. I know you maybe can't say that second part until the end of the season, and and you know how big that is. But you know, before the Solihull away game, we had a chance, didn't we? You know, they they Notts County had drawn to Oldham. We had a chance and we took it. And we you know we said we've got to make it count. We made it count again last night. They dropped points against Boreham Wood. We have to make it count, and we did. And what I will say, credit Bromley. They are a good side. They are in and around the playoffs. They will be a tough out. If they get into the playoffs, much like Dagenham, they're going to be a really tough out. So, you know, lots to like in that team. But really, I know their manager, Andy Woodman, was kicking off. But I think they were fortunate not to get a red card for what is a horrendous challenge uh, from one of their 17-year-old lads. Was it on McFadzian? I'm forgetting now, but it was I a think really... It was Fisher on McFadzian. Fisher on it was, it was, it was a t- It was a dreadful challenge. And then the penalty that they felt was harsh. I mean, he's booted Jordan Tunnicliffe in the head. You can't do that. Um, so that's a penalty. Penalty is absolutely phenomenal from Paul Mullen. You know, you're not going to bet against him from 12 yards. James Jones, like I said, came on did really well. I just thought, given that they hadn't played since New Year's Day, they were always going to come flying out the traps. You know, Andy Woodman likes to upset the apple cart and make things difficult, and they did. And I felt like they deserved the lead. Of, that they took I, I didn't have any complaints when they took the lead but really quality shone through in the end Tom O'Connor Luke Young people like that Mullin Jones you know depth off the bench made a difference so that was that was potentially the most impressive win of the season in terms of the league you know the FA Cup in my opinion is standalone but in terms of the league 
there, there, there aren't going to be much many tougher assignments, you know, when we've had such little rest in, in comparison and similar players playing again. And, you know, Andy Morrell tweeted us and said something similar that it's a, it's an enormous, it's an enormous win. And you know, another psychological blow, you know, two games in hand, you're three points behind. It's, um, you don't, you, there's still a long, long way to go. You put it last night. There's a long, a lot of football to be played, a long way to go, but you have to take chances when they come. And we did that. And, um, yeah, hugely, hugely significant. The final 10 minutes of refreshing the Notts County Twitter feed was exhausting because it seemed like Borenwood could have won it at the end as well when they hit the bar. It was, yeah, it was so good. And I know lots of people have said this as well. It was just the type of game I just would not have seen as winning in years gone by. It was absolutely brilliant, this, the character show. And, and it's just a case of getting over the line however you can. What's that, 16 wins in a row now at the Kairos? Again, further incentive of of why we might get something when we face Sheffield United there, because they won't be fancying a trip to North Wales. And it was just absolutely brilliant. I mean, just to get over the line. I, I don't want to jinx us or anything, but a team at the very top end of the table has a knack of winning even when they're not at it. And that, that's exactly what Wrexham have done. It's Rich, just we that... see that. We see that in our day jobs, don't we, though? You know, in terms of just teams that just have a knack of winning. I remember, not to get too sidetracked, but I remember... Real Madrid in the Champions League and they lost to Sheriff Tiraspol early on. And even even look at Argentina in the World Cup. Like once teams get on a roll and they've got momentum behind, they just have a knack where quality shines through. There's a reason you buy quality players. And, you know, Wrexham have made a number of really, really sound investments. Paul Mullin looks like one of the... I mean, don't know how many... You know, we've obviously got shorter time periods to judge it against, but... You know, one of if not the best signings that we've made in 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 my memory of following the team, and you know Elliot Lee, another brilliant pickup, looks really happy to be playing. So Aaron Hayden's been a phenomenal signing. Ben Toes has been a huge weapon for us. Um, you know, Ollie Palmer was a game changer in terms of helping bring the best out of Mullen and 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 delivering himself. So, you know, quality should shine through. And again, I'm not jinxing it. Have I got any wood to touch? Can I? There you go. I've touched some. Uh, I found some out of context. Rob Brown read there. <laughs> oh, there you go. Come on now, beat, beat. Come on, come on. You're better than that. There's no need for that smut now. It's uh, come on. We're we're in a good week, and uh, you're gonna get. It us. was a, it was a good win to be fair. It was a good it was a good win. And but in all seriousness, you know you won't really know what that means because I I looked at this. I was saying to my dad about, you know, and I text you and things about key moments in a season. I almost think back to the first game, Rich. Maybe a first game can't be hugely significant, but we were losing to Eastleigh and Elliot Lee comes on and scores a brace and we win the game. So we go from no points to three, you know, and maybe that they weren't going to be the defining three. But there's a couple of examples over the season where we've really stitched it together. Even if we haven't been playing brilliantly, we've stitched it together. And, um, and yeah, and, and I'm, you know, just really, really hopeful that this is finally it. You know, everything is looking good right now. Everything is looking good. And all we need now is is to keep going and, and keep grinding these results out and keep pushing on and, and, and putting teams to the sword because we're better than a lot of these teams and we just have to show it on a regular basis. I agree with you there that, you know, if you just have better players, just the end result is more naturally going to be wins because you've got players who, who find the solutions themselves. And it was just, it was brilliant to watch. And like you said, I think also important that Phil Parkinson said after the game, 
not to discount Chesterfield yet. Obviously, we've got them at home in a re- rearranged tie. The match that was supposed to be scheduled for next Tuesday has been knocked back because of their FA Cup replay against West Brom. But if you look at the table now, Notts County top, 62 points, 27 games played. Wrexham second, 59 points, 25 matches played. Chesterfield third, 49 points, 23 played. So, you know, it's difficult. It always comes down to that dilemma, the, the debate. Would you rather have the points on the board or the, or the games in hand? I seem to recollect when Liverpool, you know, the Steven Gerrard slip season, weren't they quite far ahead? Right. And then they started dropping yeah. games. They sure. had points on the board, but then City caught up with them. Um, they sort of overturned like a nine-point gap in the last four games or something ridiculous like that. We're, so, we're, we're in a good spot. We're in a, we're in a we very good spot. We saw last season as well, didn't we? very good spot. The team top of the table, you know, it's a very different mentality from being the chaser to being chased. Um, so yeah, we we can only focus on ourselves. I suppose that is the, the main thing to take totally. away from, from all of this. But I mean, I just, there's so much, there is so much football left to be played. It seems ridiculous to even talk about who might or might not be favourites yet. So it's just going to be a case of, of just plugging along as much as we can. I suppose... In a weird way, though, Nath, that the last time we recorded the podcast, we were talking about this jam-packed January. Now that the the Chesterfield game has been knocked back, uh, we don't know the new date for that. Do you see that as a, a positive or a negative? Because on one hand, we're in good form now, but we are a bit tired, so maybe good to have one less game this month. But we might be playing Chesterfield further down the line when when momentum has changed, and maybe they'll be the informed team more so than us. Do you see? Any sort of significance in that, or am I just trying to be devil's advocate for no I see reason? What, I see what you're saying. The way I took it, the way I've looked at it and, and, and processed it is that I think by the time you end up playing them, if it's April, that there may already be distance. They they may not be they may not even be really in the in the title fight by that. You you just don't know where it will be. And and again, you know, I don't I don't see us fading really as, as as the season goes on. I think it, the, the standards are so high that you know that if you drop off, there's going to be a brilliant player to come in behind you and we'll have Jordan Davis back and he's going to play a big role. Mendy will be back in. He's got a massive role to play. Um, and, and, you know, there's lots of others that, that aren't going to, um, that maybe, are, you know, are going to play this weekend uh, in the trophy and, and, and we'll be chomping at the bit. So, I see what you're saying about Chesterfield, that they could be informed then, but they might not be as well. They could not be informed. So all we can do is worry about the, the actual, what the games that we have got. And I actually think the trophy, he knows he's going to make 11 changes there, Parky said. I think now's a good good time. It's been emotionally and physically exhausting for the players with the FA Cup and everything that goes around that. And, and the game against Bromley is absolutely huge. So I think a break isn't, isn't, isn't the worst thing in the world before two away games is it Maidstone and then Gateshead so um, I, I don't think a break at this point would be the be the worst thing in the world Speaking of things that are emotionally and physically draining the cop dom- demolition job really yeah. gathered pace this week a really strange sight to see that you know they they have really started dis- to dismantle it at, at, at quite a pace. You were in Wrexham this week, Naif, and you you saw firsthand what's going on. What I mean, does it get you excited for the future, or does it have, have you nostalgic for for what once was? 
I feel like both because I, you know, I have to be honest and say that when I was, I, I've never stood on the cop for a game, um, you know, and I, I, I envy people that did, um, in terms of you know, got to experience great games there, and not just were, were on there, it, you know, really got to experience it for what it was, and you know, people talk about people like Jacko and, and and loads of other fans that made that cop what it is, and um, you know, so I never, I never did. So the nostalgia is more that. I know it means so much to a lot of people and we put a tweet out and got lovely messages about, you know, people saying they found some boots at the back of the stand and, and put them on and, or that someone got up and sat on someone's pie and, you know, loads of stories about, uh, various, various things in games and, and that, you know, they're things that people can hold on to. But if anything, I, I, I saw it and was excited by the future because I think, you know, the cop had, we were crying out for the cop, you know, to return to a four-sided, four-sided stand, and you know, when you look at the design for the new cop, it looks absolutely remarkable, doesn't it, Rich? And it, and it is befitting of where the club is going, and I think it's, you know, the new stand is a metaphor for where this club is going, and it's, it's in the right direction. Um, you know, the ownership have got big plans, and you know, we saw Rob uh, in that video when he was talking to Queen Consort about further development and I you know we don't know what that is but in terms of they just want to make this as good as it can be and 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 that'll start with the cop stand and and, and give us a beer wall and, and all these other things and and whatnot but yeah to see it taken down yeah there was a bit of was a bit of um not sadness but it was just a bit of end um, of an era I suppose yeah melancholy about the whole thing it was just a kind of yeah the end of an era and and the start of a new one where new memories will be made but yeah, to see it come down, I think we've just seen it left for so long. It was probably strange, is, is the word I would say. Yeah, I think so as well. It's the fact that we've had all these sort of, maybe not false dawns in the past, but we've always heard murmurings of, oh, they might finally have work on the stand or, you know, one day they will actually get to work. We'll have we'll have a proper stand there in place. And it's the fact that it's actually gathering pace now. It's actually, actually happening. It seems bewildering and, yeah... I, I can't wait to see it when it's finished and it is the embodiment of the town it is is the race course ground it's the first thing you say you see you know I mean it's fitting that it is the gateway to Wrexham project uh, initially where where they tried to get the funding from in as part of the leveling, leveling up scheme but it's just so crucial isn't it that that we have that back because it really will signify that this that this ground is is back that the club is on the rise, on, on the right path again. And it's that security, that longevity that no matter what happens from the takeover and no matter how long Rob and Ryan are around for, you know, the indications are it will be a very long time. They said again after the commentary win, we're just getting started. But if they can give us, you know, a rejuvenated race course as well, that is just such good future proofing going forward. And I just I just can't wait to see it. And well, I'm like we, you where I, I didn't really yeah. watch games on, on the cop. The, no. One of my most sort of privileged experiences was that when I worked for the Rex and Media team during sort of it would have been the Gary Mills era, so maybe this isn't such a treat. But I used to <laughs> stand and watch the games on the cop during during the match when I was sort of shadowing as a press officer. I'd just stand on the cop and watch the action, send some tweets, get some pictures and stuff, and I just enjoy it. And it was just me and the ball boys still on the cop, and it was absolutely brilliant. It was such an honour, such a privilege, and. Yeah, I mean, well, Rich, it... I, I put it, I put, I put the, the the stadium development. I wrote a piece this week. I don't know if anyone saw it, but I wrote a piece for the Mail about you know what's happened. My boss basically said something like, you know, what's happened since the end of last season. You know, the Grimsby game because you know in an office they're just seeing the big 
big games, the big highlight games, and and they said, what's changed? And and I wrote a piece and I broke it down into recruitment and how they really addressed key areas of the recruitment and depth. They added great depth compared to last season. And I talked about the stadium development and how they also want to sort of stay a training ground and things. And and hopefully people liked it. I've had quite a nice few messages about that. But yeah, it it is important to to get it back to a four-sided stand because for one, there's huge demand for tickets. That's that's one thing. If and when we go up, which we hope is this season, you know, there will be even greater demand and the the way followings could potentially be bigger than, than what we're getting in the National League, you would imagine so. Um and, and also it just optically it'll look it'll it'll just signify like I say, it yeah, just signifies symbolism, signify, it, it? symbolism. It's the symbolism of it. It's exactly that, mate. It's the symbolism of where this football club and this town and, and everything is going. And um and also it just looks great, doesn't it? It looks so I know it's an artist impression and we'll see it when we see it, but it's gonna look so good, isn't it? You just know it's gonna look great. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, I just can't wait. Just just bring it on. So much to be positive about this week. So much excitement, the way the club's going in. Just an honour, an honour, and I just love it. I just can't get enough of, of Wrexham FC at the moment, and there's so much more to look forward to as well going forward. Like like Rob said, we are only just getting started. That There's so much more on the horizon. We've got the, the stadium redevelopments. We've now got another exciting cup tie. We've hopefully got a very successful end to the season as well. Just... Just bring it all on. I cannot wait. Naif, things I can't wait for. Ultra <laughs> away on Friday night. I mean, let's start the caveat that the the weather forecast this week is very poor. And right. I've seen a few murmurings from people I speak to in Manchester that maybe there could be some flash floods or severe weather warnings by, by Friday. I think the forecast is starting to look a bit more favourable by the end of the week, but it's only recently that Alti had a game, I think it was against Bromley, wasn't it? Uh, postponed because of water right. pitch. Right. So I feel like when I lived there, it rained every single day. That, not that much cannot, has changed. That, that cannot be true, but I feel like when I, I feel like when I lived in Manchester, every, it rained every day, but it, it, fingers crossed it goes there because again, you know, 11 changes, maybe we get into the sides we expect to line up, but it, it's a great opportunity as well. I know, look, it's it's such a catch-22 because I think if you go through, is there a postponement of a league game for the next round? Maybe, I think. I don't, I don't know for sure. Um, so I'm caveating that with that. I'm not 100%. Yeah, I believe there is. I believe there is. So it, it's a tricky one there, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm one of them where I've seen, you know, and I know the other lads at Fearless did like a joke 11 and stuff, um, an alternative 11 that was very funny. But for me, it's... A lot of players need minutes and need games, and if they win it, they win it, and and on we go. I think if you're still resting the likes of Mullin, Toza, Hayden, I I don't really. I I just want to keep winning games, which I want to win everything. I want to win the lot. Bring on the treble. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I've it, it is a catch twenty two there. Whereas I think I've seen some fans, you know, sort of saying on socials that they wouldn't really mind if we got knocked out, and they would probably be quite happy with it. And you know that that is the point again. It is another game where. Whatever happens, happens. It's not really a disaster if we get knocked out. No one's no one's that bothered. But we've got enough depth, in my opinion, and we can play a strong side on Friday night without having to involve anyone who is who who played in Bromley or Coventry, really. So I don't see why you wouldn't just play the strongest, um, sort of best of the rest squad of players who haven't been involved really this week, and then try win it because 
obviously you don't want another postponement, but you know there's a good chance we probably would we could win that anyway. So uh, you you know bre winning breeds success, and you just want to win every single game. These players will want to win. Someone who's coming in from the, from the periphery will want to win, want to prove their point. So. Like you said, I think we just just rest the key players and see what happens. If you win, you do, and you carry on. You, you try and win the competition then. And if you get knocked out, then you get knocked out. No one's that bothered. You know, squad players have had a good run out and, and, and you continue from that. So I think it is just as much of a, of a free free hit as it is possible at this moment in time. And yeah, I'm just looking forward to watching a, a rotated Wrexham side, getting to see some players who I've not really been able to ever watch in, in a competitive first team game and and take it from there. Um, Altrincham are another team who, who are good. I think if they sort of do get their act together, they can possibly get into the playoffs. Obviously, Ryan Colclough, not sure if he has actually gone to Chesterfield now, but it's looking like that move will go through. You know they're going to be weakened from that, but they've they've steadily impressed this season, and it's just going to be fun to to go watch Wrexham, and also fun to go watch a game where you know if we do lose, I'm not going to be too aggrieved by the end of it. But we, we and shall Chloe see. will be happy, and Chloe will be happy if Altrincham go through. I'm sure. I'm sure they'd love a, a Wembley trip. Um, I'm sure, the yeah, I mean, fans would love a Wembley exactly. Trip. That, that's an incentive as well for them because if you are sort of a mid-table National League side. If you give the FA Trophy respect and, and really approach it in the right way, you've got a very good chance of getting to, to the later stages of the competition. So for a team like Altrincham particularly, we saw, we've seen it when Wrexham have got to the trophy final. It is so lucrative and it's so good for the community and for raising awareness about what the club are doing as well. That particularly as a team who are in Greater Manchester and, and who have so much competition, Ultracom must view the FA Trophy this season as a competition that, that they can realistically win because they're good at at what they do and they can beat any team on their day. That they, they give them a good game and yeah, why not? I mean, if Bromley won it last season, why can't Ultracom win it this season? And that is the pitfall maybe for Wrexham, but it's going to be really interesting to see what team we do put out. I mean, Phil Parkinson said after the Bromley win, that he is going to make wholesale changes. He said it will be a completely different side, 11 changes to the starting lineup at least. You might get one or two recognised players on the bench, but even that I think might be a bit of a stretch. So, Nath, what team would you like to see on Friday night and who are you most looking forward to, to seeing? Rob Lainton in goal. I'm going to have... What would I like? I'd like Dan Davis at left wing back. I'd like a back three of Max, Lennon and Ryan Austin. Yeah, I'll go with Ryan Austin or Scott Butler. I'm, I'm not fussy either of those two. Right wing back, if he's fit enough, I would go Reese Hall Johnson just to get him more minutes. Midfield, I would go Andy Cannon. Um, I would go Andy Cannon, James Jones and Kai Evans. And then up front, I would go Sam Dolby and Jake Bickerstaff. Obviously, maybe James Jones you could take out, but I think I would have him in there just to keep him sharp because I know he's he's been on sort of a bench role. So I don't know, any complaints for that team? Any Anything you would want to change? It's, uh, like you said, it's, it does maybe depend on fitness, a few of the, the key areas, but I, I'm just looking forward to seeing. I mean, Andy Cannon, I can't wait to see, hopefully 
Kai Evans get... would be great as well, wouldn't it? If he got a game, you know, him yeah. and him, him and Cannon together would be great to see. Um, and Bickerstaff because uh, yeah. you know he he played well against Scunthorpe in the last round, and he's really oddly Bickerstaff played brilliantly and has dropped down the pecking order because Dolby's been so good. So it'd be good to see yeah. him get to respond as well, and and maybe just to prove that we've got enough, you know, in reserve. Like you said, maybe... well, Rich, I got I got I got to address the elephant in the room though. Will I be able to watch it? Because I will be in an airport, so I don't. I don't know if I will. Uh, you know, will I sit in the corner of an airport trying to get Rex and player to load on four five G? I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Don't don't rule anything out. But I. I mean, time, I, maybe, is this maybe, time for your announcement? Yeah, maybe just maybe maybe let me just say now that I. Will people miss me if I'm gone? It seems a bit of a big deal. I'm I'm going to be off the podcast for a couple of weeks um, while I'm in America. So I'm going over to America, working over there for a bit on, on various things. And to save you getting up at midnight or whatever, Rich, to, to do this as we normally do, you'll, you'll get a, a great group of people to fill in for me. And I'm sure... I'm sure I will not be missed, and you will, you will plow on uh, and and do great things, and I'll be listening and and you know um, I'll be listening intently, mate, to your to your opinions. But I will be over in America, and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited, but yeah, I land an hour before the Ultram game kicks off, so depends how quick JFK Customs is, and also if anyone is in New York or or Philadelphia or that kind of area um, for the next few weeks next month or, or whatever let me know and i will be there with the wrexham shirt and i would love to know cool places to go and eat and it sounds like drink. a sounds like a piece for the athletic this you watching <laughs> a wrexham game in philadelphia maybe the role reversal maybe. but i'd also but... like to extend my sort of invitation here that if you would ever want to come on the podcast in the next few weeks get in contact have a rob ryan red at gmail.com or send us a DM at Rob Ryan Red on Twitter, and just let us know if you, if you think you'd you'd be up for a podcast. What you can offer to us? What you, know, you can we... offer? What can you offer? Sales pitch yourself. What yeah, can you sales do? pitch well, yourself to to come on a podcast with myself for an hour or so and and chat all things Wrexham. Because, like I said, while Nafe's not here, you know the quality probably will drop a bit because he does all the insightful stuff. But it'd be good to have a fresh voice maybe things you've you've not heard us speak about for a while and just give us your opinions really so if anyone would be up for, for coming on the podcast like you said we'll wait until get we get wait until wait until we get an email saying things have improved now nathan's off it I oh bet yeah you. wait but for so viewing figures to absolutely you know, <laughs> go through the roof, um, so. i was holding us back but no I, i'm i'm yeah i'm gonna miss being on it mate i'm gonna I'll, I'll still be harassing you on text i'm sure at ungodly hours but it's you know a lot's gonna happen we're gonna we're gonna cups and and trophies and who knows we could be on for the treble so yeah i'm gonna be away um for a few weeks well, the pod will go on then here's go on. one for you then Dave. so when are you back when are you back um when am i back on the Do pod you're... or when am i back no, in yeah, the country date wise which which date wise are you, you back you said you're back the day of altrincham at home in the league oh. game i think I, I land back on the the away game oh, what's you, what's, BT. away sorry yeah in the, yes, in the league yeah yeah, uh, we I played them at home, obviously back. won four 0 didn't we? So you will miss what will I miss? Altrincham away in the trophy, yeah. Maidstone at home, uh, Maidstone away, yeah, Gateshead away, Ooh. Sheffield United at home, that's brutal. and possibly Altrincham away, and you'll also miss Yeovil at home in terms of before your next oh, podcast. God. So before you do your next podcast, Wrexham will have played one, two, three, four, five, six games. How wow. many of them are we winning? I want a bit of a time capsule here. Uh, I'm going to say we get a replay in the FA Cup 
Yeah. Are we still and in we the get... trophy by the next time you're back? Yes. I think we beat Altrincham. I think Bickerstaff scores twice and we win that game 2 0. The Maidstone Gateshead double header away from home? I think I think you take I think you take six from that. God, this is and then new I, levels of positivity. Never I think before I think we, I think we I think we draw to Yeovil. That's at they're, home. They're, they're, yeah, they're just a weird. They're sticky, Bogey aren't they? Side, aren't they? Well, last yeah, season they beat Stockport, didn't they? And they beat us at home. They they are just they're, they're, yeah, they're just a sticky team, and I, I, you know maybe I've been burned by them before. And what does that leave then? Altering them away. I yeah, I mean that, anything could happen there. I, again, we've had a good record there in recent years. I think. I'm just gonna. I want to be positive and say this, t- Rich. This team gives you so much reason to be positive. So, will we will we be top spot by the time I'm back? That's the question. I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say by the time I'm back, Wrexham are top of the league and in a replay at Bramall Lane. I mean, I love that positivity. I, let's hope we can play this time capsule back to you when you are when you are back. <laughs> so, and you can or not can... County fans have clipped it up and I sound like an app and they've got me it's a clown face or something um we'll see but it, lots of reasons to be positive rich it's been it's been dreamland for the last week hasn't it you know a huge win in the in the league huge win in the cup the cop you know it work is started things that things are just moving in such a positive direction and uh and hopefully that that positive direction ends with me dropping off the pod for a bit but um <laughs> you know it's it's um yeah and just a quick thank you as well to to all the people that reach the socials and everything have just done remarkable. And, you know, check the socials as well. We've done a giveaway, so you'll see the winner on there for that one. Thanks for all the people that got in touch with the Wrexham Way and everything and, and engage with that. And, you know, love to do more stuff in the future. But, yeah, don't miss me too much, mate. It'll um, it'll fly by, I'm sure. We will survive. But thank you very much uh, again. And I suppose we'll always have commentary, whatever happened to go all Casablanca on you. Thank you so much to Nay. Thank you very much to you, wherever you are in the world, as always, for listening to Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. The music, The Stings, brought to you by Wrexham-based band Hypnotic. Thank you again. Go stream the Wrexham way now. Like it on Spotify as well while you're there. As we said, get in contact with us, robryanred at gmail.com, robryanred.com. There's a contact us uh, page there and as always you can get us on all the socials as well someone come to the rescue you might be on the podcast thank you very much take care see you again next time it's the 90th minute all your mates are around you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app you in at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. 
Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.